Welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast, where we bring you tips and inspiration each day to help you build habits for writing success. For more resources, including your free Daily Writer Starter Kit, visit dailywriterlife.com. One of the core functions of being an author is launching your books. After you've written a book and gone through all the steps to publish it, it has to be launched out into the world. Now, I've seen book launches in all shapes and sizes, probably much like you have, and I have also done a few book launches of my own in addition to helping my ghostwriting clients with their launches most of the time. And as important as book launches are, it's easy to forget that a book doesn't launch itself. It's not going to happen by accident. Just because you have written a book and published it doesn't mean anybody's actually going to know about it, so it has to be launched. But it takes time and energy to ensure that people know about your book and how your book can help them. So that's why I'm really excited on today's episode to have my friends Teresa McCloy and Lindsay Sturchy on the show to talk about Teresa's recent launch for her amazing book, Do What Matters, Live From Rest, Not Rush, Using the Real Life Process. I was honored to be one of the few dozen people who received a very cool book launch box from Teresa before her book launch last fall. I also got to attend a fantastic book launch party in Effingham, Illinois at Teresa's workspace. Teresa and Lindsay did an incredible job of making this one of the most creative and fun book launches that I've ever seen. So before we get to the conversation, let me share with you a bit about Teresa and Lindsay. Teresa McCloy is the creator of The Real Life Process, a faith-focused company that helps entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants develop and diversify their business through certification, content, coaching, and community to grow their impact and increase their income. She is an ACC certified leadership and life coach through the International Coaching Federation, and she's a podcaster as well as a keynote speaker. As a recovering workaholic who was addicted to all the latest apps, software, and best-selling books on productivity, Teresa is passionate about helping others assess their habits and execute a process to take their everyday ordinary life to something extraordinary through real life being, action, time, and living. Teresa lives with her husband, Dale, on their third-generation family grain farm in south-central Illinois. She still drives a tractor when needed and loves a great cup of coffee or a long, lingering meal with friends. Lindsay Sturchy is the marketing director at The Real Life Process with Teresa McCloy, developing vision and content for the website, social media, and external marketing. Lindsay served as the launch team leader for Teresa's book, Do What Matters. She's also a content and copywriter, who helps coaches and business owners clarify their message through written content. She loves taking complex ideas and putting them into clear, concise, and compelling wording. Lindsay lives in Effingham, Illinois with her husband, Tyler, who is the lead pastor at New Hope Church, and her twin daughters, Addie and Lissy. She has an MA in Transformational Leadership from Bethel Seminary and a BA in Communication Studies. So with that introduction to Teresa and Lindsay, now that you know a little bit more about them, you're going to be really excited to learn about all the cool things they did with Teresa's recent book launch. So in this interview, I got to ask both of them all my geeky questions about how they put together this really fun and inspiring book launch, including this cool gift box that they sent to a few dozen people, the launch event itself, and some questions about how they approach the book publishing. And of course, I highly recommend that you check out Teresa's fantastic book by visiting Do What Matters book. Here's my conversation with Teresa McCloy and Lindsay Sturchy. 
Teresa and Lindsay, I'm so glad to have you on the Daily Writer podcast. I've been excited about this conversation for several weeks, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to dive in with some questions about book marketing for Teresa, your amazing book, Do What Matters, Live From Rest, Not Rush, Using the Real Life Process. So welcome, ladies. Great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks. Good to be here. So let's first of all dive into, I guess, the big picture of what you wanted to accomplish with the marketing of this book, because it was really creative. You had a really cool book launch event. You sent out a really cool box with some some cool swag in it. I feel weird saying the word swag because I'm 48 and I feel like you should be like 25 or under to say swag. Maybe that's not the this case. Is true. But uh, I'm going to borrow a younger person's word for that. So you did that and you got a cool mini documenting. All these cool things were a part of it. But I know that began with a what you would call a marketing mindset. And I'm curious if you can can really address what what do you mean by a marketing mindset and what was part of that? Sure. Well, I will kind of talk about things first and then I'll defer to Lindsay too, because she was really um, kind of the brains behind the, how did we get some of these things done? So Hmm. let me say the first mindset that I had to deal with was actually saying, I probably need someone on my team Hmm. to help me do just this. Now that doesn't mean you have to bring someone in you know, eight, 10 hours a week to just work on marketing. But I think one of the things Lindsay and I have reflected back on, I actually hired Lindsay a year before my book launched and at a very minimal hours per week, because my book is a key part of my whole brand and coaching program. And the book ties to that. So if you're doing a book that ties to your brand and ties to that, Having that person on board long enough to be in and bought in and know kind of for Lindsay to hear all of our conversations and be a part of some team meetings and some different things really made her a part of the team so that she could write about the brand, promote the brand. So she wasn't just there for the book launch, but eventually that's where we knew she would play a key role. So I think one of the mindsets I had to get over was I need to invest early in Mm. just the person. So Lindsay, anything you would add about that for you on the other end? Yeah, I think when it comes to marketing a book, we can get in our heads thinking that, gosh, I just, I feel so self-promoty, which isn't a word, but Mm. I feel like that captures that kind of, it is now, (laughs) it captures that struggle we have where we we feel like we're just talking about ourselves all the time. Um, Or we feel like, gosh, I feel like all I'm talking about is the book. Um, And a couple of things with that is that it will feel that way to you more than anyone else. Mm. You know, you think about if you're posting on social media or sending emails, you're like, gosh, I feel like I'm just out there a bunch. People aren't seeing every single thing you're doing. And so to remember that, that you're feeling that a lot more than the people that are receiving it. And I think too, that when we think about marketing, I always say that marketing is about sharing your story and extending an invitation. And so it's not about selling something, but it's about inviting people into something that you're doing. And so to think about it as how am I going to serve the reader and how am I investing in them? Because if I believe in the message that I'm sharing, then I want to bring that to people because I believe it's going to help them. And so I think we have to remind ourselves of that over and over again, that it's not about selling a book or a product, but it's about extending an invitation and serving your reader. I'm hearing echoes of what what I know Mike Kim talks about a lot, which is uh, I forget the exact phrase, but he talks about inviting people into a, a relationship with marketing. Mm-hmm. 
And gosh, I, I just, I love that because that takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Well, and as an author and many of your people that are wanting to write books or are in that process that are listening, know that they are handling so many details right now, just about getting their content done, getting it yeah. edited, getting it um, into the final package, picking covers, doing all the book details is what you come back down to in the last six to nine months. So for me to be able to release uh, and I think in the beginning, Lindsay was just a few hours a week. It wasn't a major thing, but just to begin to release to her, I'm bringing you on the team and this is what you'll eventually be doing. That'll be the big deal. And mm. it's a, it's nine months from now or 10 months from now, or maybe you can only afford six months ahead of time. But that release of not talking about myself all the time, even to go to Lindsay to talk about me for me. Hmm. Uh, And we don't mind. We don't have any shame in saying Lindsay writes our content. So she writes my email. Now we have a conversation about that. Sure. We talk about what's the story I want to tell, whatever. But she's my ghostwriter for email, for social media posts, for all those things. But it feels so much better to you as an author to say, oh my gosh, if I have to talk about myself one more time or think about how I'm going to promote this book. So just that release alone from your headspace is huge to you as an author. You can focus on your baby that you're going to be delivering to the world. And this person is talking about announcing that delivery to the world. So it became very clear in our roles, which is a great mindset to have. Let me ask the question that probably a lot of listeners are wondering about which is, okay, what happens if if I'm on the beginning journey of doing this and I can't afford to pay somebody to help me with writing or with marketing or where I can only afford a very small amount? Are there some things that people could do that would still be effective, but that don't necessarily require hiring help? Or or is there some, some time where you just go, you need to kind of figure out a way to hire some help with this because it's going to make a really big difference? Well, I think that's part of the mindset. So f- I'll address first and then I'll turn it to Lindsay to give some practical maybe things that a person could do on their own. But I think you have to, I at least had to come to the place of going, this was my first book. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it to the best of my ability. Totally. Um, and so, you know, I didn't ever pay for ads. I didn't do that. I decided I was going to put my money, the extra funds I did have into a person rather than like paying for ads on Facebook or Amazon or those types of things, because that would carry me further in the end. Um, It just felt better for me in that respect. And I'm sure there are some practical things, you know, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, even as we talk maybe about strategic plan, but Lindsay, if somebody wasn't going to bring someone on, what, what are some things that you think they could do? Yeah, I think you have to um, consider how this connects to the rest of the work that you're doing, because mm, sometimes we feel like it's this additional thing that I have to go market. I have to, you know, write this email or do this social post or whatever it is, but to see it as an extension of what you're already doing. So for example, if you are a podcaster and you have a weekly podcast, how can you repurpose that content into a social media post or into an email? And how can you make all of that connect back to the book? I mean, Mm -hmm. chances are that your book relates to the content you're already talking about. So how do you see it as an extension of what you're already doing and not one more thing to do? 
But along with that, you do have to be intentional of saying, I'm going to put this on my calendar. I'm going to say, you know, at the beginning of every week, I'm going to say, okay, here's when I'm going to do a social post. Here's when my email is going to go out. And even just a little bit of intentional planning can help it feel less overwhelming because you know, okay, this is when I'm going to do this. So it doesn't feel like this overwhelming. I'm always working on it, but you know, it's confined to the certain amount of time. Yes. I have to say that when I hired some help about a year and a half ago to run my podcast and do some social media stuff for the daily writer brand, I was really, really nervous to do that. Uh, in fact, I was terrified. I thought, I've never actually had a quote unquote employee or an assistant before, uh, even though she she's much more than an assistant. Um, I was really terrified, but I soon found out that this was one of the best things that I ever did in my life because it wasn't just me being able to hand off stuff. It was, oh, it actually made me better. It actually mm-hmm. brought so much more to it than just somebody doing some random tasks. So I, I love the emphasis on really investing in this process. Well, and I think most authors, and it depends if you're in the entrepreneurial space or you're if if you're in the research type writing or if you're in the novel type writing, those are all different, right? But in the end, an author is a content creator mm-hmm. and they are their brand. We talked about Mike Kim and he's a good friend of mine. And so this, you are the brand thing. And so if your ultimate goal, even if you write novels, you probably don't want to just write one, right? (laughs) So you're building a brand around who you are. And so your role on your team, even if you're just now a team of one and a solopreneur, your role is to create content. So who could you bring alongside even in an hour or two a week Mm -hmm. to go, can you do one social post for me and help me start to build an email list? Because all of us, I don't care what kind of writer you are, you want to get to an email list eventually. So your your yes. readers can hear from you right in their inbox, not have to go find you on social because mm. we don't own social. We only own our email list. So that's a whole nother topic we could talk about, right? But using what tools you have best. And if it's that is a person an hour or two a week, and that's all you can afford, um, where it will gain you in the long run, but that's a mindset that you have to work through and say, who do I want to be long-term in this world of writing or in this world of content creation um, or podcasting? Podcasting and writing go very well together. Yes. And so how could you podcast to market your book? So there's just all kinds of things you can bring in, but yeah, mindset for me was around bringing Lindsay onto the team early enough that she felt comfortable knowing and being able to write in my voice and create in my voice and kind of know what our in game was with the book. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with the book overall? So, yeah. Man, I I love the suggestion of hiring somebody to start out at just one or two hours a week, because if you hire somebody who's good at something, I'm going to sit and stress out over social media posts for five or six hours, and they're probably not even going to be very good. But if you have somebody who's really good at something, they're going to get it done fast at a much higher level than what you could do. So it's not like you're just offloading an hour of your time. You're offloading like multiple hours of your time for every one hour that that specialist is going to be able to give you in your business. And I learned that uh, actually, Kent, and this is probably something you don't know. I worked as a virtual assistant for about a year and a half between ministry And my coaching practice, I worked for about a year and a half as a VA and I learned so quickly how much I could get done when I only had three or four tasks to do. 
So, you know, Lindsay can go in and create maybe five social posts, pull a picture, have a, you know, design already done, stick a picture in there, write the little thing in, you know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes where I would overthink it, right? As Mm -hmm. the content creator, I'd be way more picky and putting things out and doing things and I'd overthink it and I'd get sidetracked. So it might be a lot less expensive than you really think it is in the investment of the overall. Remember, you're wanting to market a book (laughs) to get your content out into the world. So it's pretty important to, you know, think through that mindset. Man, this is really good stuff. Okay, we can stop the interview now. That is like <laughs> such a, I'm just kidding. But that's such a gem of an insight. It's not like this big all or nothing thing. You can start out really small and, and see the immediate, the immediate results of it. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about some of the things that you included in your strategic plan? So I mentioned at the thing at the beginning, you have this really cool box you sent out. You had a cool video, a launch party. You had all these things. And with every piece of this that I saw, Teresa, I was like, I am totally going to steal that for something I'm going to do in the future because well, I, they were all I think it's stolen. Really cool. They were all stolen by me. So let me say <laughs> that first. So all of the brilliance in the strategic plan were th- several of them were things I'd seen somewhere else. Okay. Or they were connections to people that I was like, oh, they are really good at that. So I'll pull that in. So for example, the box that we sent out um, was an early strategic plan. And it went into an overall strategic plan of who are the 50 people that we knew that, um, and that's just a great number to work with because it's doable, but it's not over the top. So just do a brain dump list. We just started a spreadsheet. Who are the 50 people that we knew? Well, I'm in a mastermind with Dan Miller. So Mm -hmm. there was 24 people right there that I'm like, I have an investment with these people and it's deep and it's long. And then I went to some other coaches I'd worked with or people like you that we've known each other through even a whole nother world for a long time. And yet I knew that you were in the author space and that we didn't live far away. And, you know, so just different people that I felt like I know, like, and trust these people and they know, like, and trust me. And so I just, just started a spreadsheet, just very, like strategic, but, you know, name, address, phone number, contact information. Mm -hmm. What do I want them to do? What am I going to ask them to do? Am I going to ask to be on their podcast? Am I going to ask, am I going to, and every one of those people got the red box is what we called it. And so that was part of a strategic plan. Then the documentary that we did came about because I know Paul Klein from Visible. We're in the same mastermind. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about moving towards some documentary style things for different types of promotion. And I thought, wow, this would be a cool idea to share our story of writing the book. So him and I got together and it kind of became just this really cool thing that we did this 15 minute short documentary, the book launch party you know, how do you want to plan your party? Who do you want to be there? So we had these big rock things. And Lindsay, you can talk more about like just coming up with a strategic calendar. (laughs) Once I knew the date from my publisher or the date that you're going to self-publish, working backwards from there, uh, really, we've been working on it from January till when the book launched November 1st. Okay. So Lindsay, you want to say more about that? Yeah, I think it's important when you think of your marketing plan to think of the relational side 
plus the strategic tasks that you want to do. Because when we, you know, when you sat down to make your list of names, that those were people that have similar audiences to you that you already have a relational connection with. And so to think about who can come alongside me and sharing this book that would feel like a natural fit that would want to talk about this book because it serves their audience as well. And because you have that relational connection that they know some about the work that you do, you've worked together in the past, that sort of thing. Um, that's something that I feel like with Teresa's book that worked really well is that she's very well connected to people in a genuine way, in a way that they've um, come alongside each other in life and in business. And so they were excited to talk about the book. And I feel like that's huge. We can't discount that relational connection with people in a genuine way to help spread the word about the book. But then there's also the marketing tasks type things that you can do that might be more of the traditional marketing you might think of. And as Teresa said, we started with a timeline working backwards. We said, okay, book's coming out November 1st. So what are we going to do leading up to that to prepare um, us to launch this book well, to spread the word about the book? And of course, the closer you get to release date, the more you kind of amp up those efforts. And so in that timeline to think about what are the kind of promotional assets that you already have, things like your website, your social media pages, um, your email list, that sort of thing. And how are you going to build talking about the book into those things in a way that feels natural, um, in a way that's tied into the content that you're already doing. Um, even some things that we did with that were, like Teresa said, we had some pre-order bonuses because we really wanted to give people an incentive to order the book early. Um, and that can feed into sales and visibility and all kinds of things that we could talk about more. But all of these assets were kind of leading up to getting the word out about the book so that people want to buy it, want to tell other people about it. But we had to really make a plan because there's so much that you could do to launch a book. There's so many things you right. can do, but you can't, you can't do it all. And so you have to decide what is going to have the biggest impact and what feels the most natural for you. And to take both of those and make a plan so that you can say, okay, I'm going to send this many emails leading up. I'm going to do this many social posts a week. I'm going to have this, um, you know, webinar that I'm going to do, whatever that looks like for you, that you have that mapped out on a timeline. So you can kind of rest in that and not feel like you have to chase down everything and do all of the things hmm. you do, the things that work best for you. I think, you know, uh, we are both friends, Kent, with uh, David Hancock from Morgan James, and yes. that's who published my book, uh, Mount Tabor Media and Imprint, was who I published through. But we work with Morgan James. And, you know, David Hancock has this little phrase, when should you st start promoting your book? The day you decide to write it. And right. that right. felt really strange to me because I'm like, I don't even have it written yet. I mean, it's a little scary to say, but if you're in that phase as an author, just say, Hey, I'm thinking about writing a book. I'm starting to write a book. You know, I I've got this and give a little taste of so that it feels like you're taking them on a journey with you. If you have social media, if you, even if you're just putting it on your personal page in the beginning, like I'm writing a book, people will naturally say, what's it going to be about? Like they'll start the conversation with you. Um, and then the closer we got, probably about June, so think January to November in our timeline, about June was when I reached out to those 50 people, May and June, we sent out the boxes. Um, and all it was, was a red box, because red is one of my brand colors, from Uline, like the box people, you know, the package people. We had a mug in it, a coffee mug, because everybody likes to drink something while they're reading, right? Um, 
because with Morgan James, you get your books with our publisher, or if you self-publisher, we got our books way before they actually come out to the publisher. So we had books in May um, or June, somewhere in there. And so in the box was a book, paperback book, a mug, a bag of popcorn, Mm -hmm. because it's my favorite popcorn. And it's a little snack that ships easy. And we live on a farm. And so it was popcorn that's made by our seed corn dealer. So it tied to my story, uh, a pen, a notepad. And um, yeah, I think that was it. And then I had an invitation that Lindsay had put together for me that said what we wanted them to do with the box, like read the book, post a review, (laughs) you know, and here's how you do that. Post it on social was what we asked. So all of you, including yourself, held up your box. Some people did a video of opening the box. Some people just posted the box. And then, you know, I had a little sticker in there on when you opened it up that just thank you for being a part of the journey. So just whatever feels good from your heart uh, and who you are. But that was a way to start to get um, for about 10 days or two weeks, 50 people were posting with pictures of their boxes. Mm -hmm. And then people were starting to say, I'm seeing your box everywhere. Well, that's what you wanted. You wanted people to do that. And then we came back to that same list uh, in August, no, in September, when we did our book launch party, we sent out another email to that list asking them to post a review on Kindle. So we brought our Kindle book out two months before our published paperback book came out. So that's a strategy in marketing as well. And that was part of our timeline because then you start to get reviews on the book and you can ask your publisher to put your, your ebook out before your regular book. And we had it at a 99 cent special. And that was all strategic to, again, get up in the lists on Kindle, uh, to get in those top three or four things. And then we did that with our book launch party, um, And that was all part of the strategy then to ask those people to leave reviews or to share it with their email list. There were certain people we asked to say, can you please share the Kindle promo for 99 cents? So all of those little steps build the momentum. Actually, by the time we got to the book release in November, we're like, oh, we felt like we'd already launched it, (laughs) right? So it doesn't feel as overwhelming of this huge buildup, but just thinking through what do you want to be part of your pre-order bonuses? Do you even want to do pre-order bonuses? Mm. Um, And it just depends on the type of book that you have. But I will say this, nobody loves anything more than to get to talk to the author. You know, like I get to talk, even if you write a novel, right? I get to talk to the author about how they came up with this or whatever. So even one free group call, you know, um, that you can do over zoom, things like that. So those were all part of that strategic planning that we did. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment, but first a word from today's sponsor. As a writer, you not only want to write great books, you also want them to look professionally formatted and give your reader a great experience. If you've ever tried to format a book on Microsoft word, you know how frustrating it can be to make your book look good using a tool that was never designed for book formatting. 
That's why for years, my go-to choice for book formatting software has been Vellum. Vellum gives you the power to build, style, and preview your book and have more fun than you ever thought possible while doing it. Vellum is the go-to choice for indie authors who care about creating beautiful eBooks and print books and want to save tons of time in the process. Best of all, you can download Vellum and play with your book's formatting to your heart's content. You only have to purchase when you're ready to publish. And when you do so, Vellum can create eBooks for every platform, including Kindle, Kobo, Apple Books, and more, as well as a PDF ready to upload for the print version of your book. To download Vellum for free, visit tryvellum.com daily. That's tryvellum.com daily. And now, back to the conversation. Let me ask a couple details about the box because I'm super, sure. in, I feel like I keep coming back to the box. That's okay. But it's, it's such a great marketing tool. And I was so excited to get a copy of it. I kind of thought maybe you were sending one because you'd asked for my address, but I wasn't totally sure. <laughs> but when I got it, I was like a little kid on Christmas. I'm like, oh, look at this box that my friend Teresa sent me. I was so excited. And then I had it kind of all open on the dining room table because I wanted my wife to come home from work and be like, what is this crazy thing? Uh, and then I got to kind of share it with her. So you had the boxes made from, you said a company called Uline? They're just a ordering company that you can go on and order all kinds of cardboard boxes. And okay. they're very, very common, you know, company called Uline. And okay. you can get all kinds of packing material. We ordered the boxes and also all that shredded, lovely paper that was in the box. Uh-huh. Came from Uline and they make a great box for this type of event. And we ordered it in our brand color. Um, And then the mugs we got, I think from Vista print, Mm -hmm. which is another promotional company. They were like a couple dollars a piece. Um, But again, everybody loves the do what matters mug. You know, it's our brand and uh, not super expensive. Um, And then the book, we did an author's copy. Now, depending on your publisher, you can do paperback books. And then ours were hardback author copies is what mm. we call them. So I only ordered a limited amount of the author's copies okay. and I sent out author copies. So you have a hardback. Not everybody has a hardback book. Um, and so that was just another upscale part of it, right? And then an ink pen with our brand and a little task pad. All together, I think the boxes probably cost us about $30 a piece to put together. Okay. So this was a financial investment. Yeah. So, you know, there's the expense of that. And depending on how much you want to invest might be for some people, 20 people might be enough. Right. And um, then it probably costs us almost $500 to mail all the boxes okay. out. So that gives people, that was probably a couple of thousand dollars just to do those boxes. See, that but seems like a small investment to me it for, is. for something that is your cornerstone book that connects to everything you're doing. And it, it's not like you're, you're, people have different kinds of author businesses. It's not like you're putting out five or six different books a year and all these kinds of things. You do different things that are part of your business and the book is really a massive cornerstone. So it totally makes sense to invest that, that kind of and, money into it, which wasn't Lindsay, even that, that much really. You can say more about this. I don't know. We've probably gone back to that list. So the box was the first gift you got, right? Yeah. And we've come back to that well three or four times, right, Lindsay, over the course of time. Yes. 
Yeah. And we've, mm-hmm. and it's been a simple request where we send an email saying, Hey, as you know, you got the book and um, we hope you enjoyed it. We would love for you to share it with um, your community, with your readers. And then we give them a link to a media page. We want to make mm-hmm. it really easy for people to talk about it and share about it so that they have an easy yes. Um, and so we have a media page that has graphics, that has swipe copy that they can literally copy and paste and share with their people if they want, um, just to make it really easy for them to help us spread the word. And again, I think it's that idea of you don't want to launch your book alone, that you want to invite other people into this with you for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, you feel as an author, I think that helps Teresa feel very supported, um, connecting with other people that it's not just you talking about the book, but it's other people that also believe in it and are excited to talk about it. And so that list became a great resource of just other people who honestly were excited to talk about the book too. And you feel like they're in it with you. Um, but I do think you want to make it easy for them. You want to send them graphics, send them, um, copy that they can use so that they can easily talk about the book. I think too, following up on that, Lindsay is, you know, every time we sent you an email kit, cause you are in the 50, right. You remember that you got the box. Totally. So the box is the totally. key piece and even doing a colored box. So whatever the color is maybe for the front of your book, that's the color, but that I mean, even when we went to the post office, I posted on social. I did just casual posts about I'm sending out all these boxes and took a picture in the post office with all the boxes stacked up. And so there were people that going, am I getting a box? And you're right. Like I had to ask people like, hey, do you mind if I have your email? And I didn't tell them why and or your address, your mailing address. And most people were enough in my friend circle that they were like, Mm -hmm. sure. Like, and they knew I was writing a book, like you said. So people aren't weirded out by receiving a gift or getting, people love to get stuff in the mail. (laughs) So it it felt so different than just doing an email request because it already invested in you and invested in people. So you were okay to go, oh, this is legit. Look at what she sent. Sure. And so we kept track then on a spreadsheet. Are we asking them to be on the podcast? Are we asking them to send it to their list? Um, You talked about the documentary that we made, which was another huge financial investment. It Mm -hmm. was a big one. And I hired Visible TV, Paul Klein, um, and to come and actually shoot video at our um, promotional event that we did, our book launch party. And then he took that. And then I went to Nashville and did an interview with him and just sat down and we recorded for about an hour for a 15 minute documentary. We recorded for about an hour. And then I have people that use my content and the work they do as coaches and spiritual directors and different things. And so he interviewed some of those people because their stories are in the book as well. And so we put all that together to tell a story uh, about 15 minutes about why I wrote the book. So if your book falls in that category, it was a huge financial investment, but yet it lives on and will be able to be used. So when you think about marketing, what can you get the most traction of? This is another thing that David talks about. It's not just about writing the book. It's a two to three year journey after you write the book Hmm. to continue to use the book as part of your your business, your brand, your growth, even a novel, like getting to the launch date is one thing. But if you're writing an entrepreneurial business book, it's carrying on 
for speaking, for keynoting, for all the things that are to come. So that investment in that big video, um, we that was one of our pre-launch bonuses. You got the video if you pre-ordered the book. And now we're starting to put the video out to other people, but we won't really drop it on social media till January or February when Visible puts it out on their platform. So gotcha. that is the long tail. We're still, it's not just marketing to launch day. It's how are you going to create new buzz around your book three to four months later? And so that video will be a part of that as well. And I think we, you know, when you're launching a book, you have to consider what is the goal for this book and how does it fit into the rest of the work that you're doing, that it's not just one isolated thing where I launched the book and I'm done, but how does this connect to your bigger marketing plan, your bigger um, sources of income and, and how is the book leading people to other ways to connect with you. That's why email list is so important and that mm. kind of thing, because as you continue to offer more things and put out more content or create courses or whatever it is that you do, you want to keep that connection with your reader because they're going to be wondering what's next. I love the book. How do I work with you? How do I take next steps with you and having them on your email list? And that's something that even, you know, in our book, we have um, a link to some resources that go along with the book where we have worksheets that they can download. And on our page, we ask for their email address. So they fill in their email address to get those resources. And that's a way for us to stay connected to them and to continue to provide value to them and invite them to work with us as well. So Teresa, whenever you were, were putting this book together, you were thinking about all these things as you were writing the book with the idea of the book is going to then I hate to use the word funnel because it sounds so like markety, but but essentially that's what it is. It, it, it is. is a way for people to to open a relationship with people, then they may be interested in your programs or other kinds of things. But mm-hmm. you kind of baked all those things into the book itself. I did. And one of the reasons I did that was because of a conversation I had early on uh with Nick from Ghostwriters. Mm-hmm. Uh and um and I know you know him well. And we talked this morning. He's a good friend of mine as well. And, you know, when Nick and I sat down and I actually had someone even help me write my book, I had, I call her my book coach, but, Mm -hmm. um, and she wrote some of the content. I wrote some of the content and depending on what your content is going to be in your book, you may need that. Like I was doing a process and a story, a story, and then my coaching process and how we work with people and things. And that part got kind of messy for me of how do I tell story? So that's when Victoria came into the picture and, and different things to help me. But Nick really got me up on the balcony of what was the purpose of my book. And until I identified that, I couldn't really go full circle. So it almost had to say, what do you want to talk about for the next one to three years? Mm. If this is an entrepreneurial book and what do you want it to be about? And it really, in writing the book, helped me get clarity around what that was. And so we were very easily able to say, oh, we want to have a resource page where people can go download content and get free content, get a sample of who we are. That needs to be in the book. How are we going to talk about it throughout the book? And so that gave us some clarity around even where we would write in certain chapters about that. But then when you get past that part, then it's like Lindsay said, creating a media kit page is one of the best things you can do so that when you're out on podcasts and when you're promoting your book with other people, you have a page on your website that's kind of hidden. You know, ours just says 
reallifeprocess.com forward slash media kit. Like you can go look at it if you want to. Um, And Lindsay keeps updating it as it comes along. And again, I'm not thinking about that. You see the value of having someone working a few hours doing this kind of stuff because she's updating it from where it was when we pre-launched to now that the book is launched. Okay. Um, And so it has graphics people can easily download for a podcast interview or my bio is on there. Like all the things that make it easy for me as the author to go, just go here and you can get whatever you need to help. So those kinds of small little things, there's the before, the big picture balcony of your book where it's going to lead to, and then you just keep working through it. Now, how am I doing this Hmm. in the next one to two years? What do I want to be the content? And how am I marketing on the other side of the launch? So there's a before and an after the launch marketing. How do you determine the the ROI of this ultimately? So (laughs) you invest in, in these different things related to the book. And you can, I mean, you can spend gobs of money potentially on book marketing stuff. Um, by the time you bake in all the expenses and uh, your time and everything, um, ultimately, how do you determine the return on investment in your business? Do you have kind of certain metrics in mind that you think about um, as far as has this led people to your programs or other kinds of things where you can get a clear sense of the monetization of it? Or is some of this also just, it's just kind of relational and it's goodwill and it's uh, because in, in some sense, you can't really me- always measure the impact of a book. It's kind of, it has an intangible quality in some regards, but I'm just curious how you think about this. It's a great question. And I think it's a both and I think it's both what you just said. So there needs to be an ROI um, to some level. And that was some of that balcony conversation before I ever put the book mm-hmm. out. Like, why are you writing the book? And is it going to be part of Uh, revenue that you're going to generate through the book. And if it is, then what do you expect the long-term? Because you're not going to get it back in the first month. (laughs) You know, do I have three to five years? And so that's a great question for an author. Do I still want to be talking about what I just wrote about for three to five years? And do, cause that to me is the measuring stick I had to come to. Am I so passionate about what, about helping people do what matters and live from rest, not rush that I'll still be able to talk about mm. it in three to five years. Yes, I am. Cause it's a way of life to me. Yeah. So if I'm going to live into that way of life and I'm willing to talk about it and I'm willing to write a book about it, then the ROI is going to be there as other people become certified to use my content, as we get to coach other people individually around how to do this, you know, I feel like as a believer, like this is my calling into the world right now. Mm. doesn't mean I won't write another book or have another calling, but right now this is it. Right. And I'm passionate about it every time. So if you know, you can show up that way, that's an ROI. The other part then is the goodwill piece, right. Um, Is the, I just, And I never knew this because I had never been an author before, but like, I can't not write this. Like Mm -hmm. I have to write it just because it has to go there. Um, And then we do talk and Lindsay, you could speak more to this. I mean, we have some measurable things that we'd like to see a year from now, you know, come back from this, you know, uh, in that ways. Lindsay, is there any thoughts you have on the ROI piece? 
Yeah. I mean, I think there's some tangible things you can look at, um, you know, like our email list. We've seen significant growth in our email list because of the things we've done around the pre-order bonuses, um, the group coaching that we've done, um, the book resources, the free offer we created that ties directly to the book. I mean, we've done a lot of things around that that has built our email list, which you know, having that email list then allows us to talk about the other things we have coming up that people can then invest in and work with us in. Um, so I think, you know, I think along with that is just the question of timing of when is the right time for you to write a book? Because um, I do think you have to consider how does this connect to the rest of the work that I'm doing? And that a book is not the only way to connect with people in the work that you're doing. And so I think that's something that, you know, Teresa had already built a lot of content and her business and connection with people. And it was the right time. It was the right time to get it in book form to lead us to the next thing. So I think that that's a big consideration is, is this the right time based on where we want to go next? So I want to give you an ROI that Mike Kim gave me last week on a call I was on with him. So this is a good takeaway for uh, the listeners. And I, I had never heard this before. Um, because we really did want to grow our email list because email list is the one thing you own. You don't mm-hmm. own social media. You don't, but if somebody's given you permission through an email, through some type of little piece of free offer content or whatever on your website. So they've given you permission. You know, Mike was saying that for every email you have a dollar in returning revenue. So monthly. So if your goal is to build you know, returnable revenue every month. So if you had a thousand emails, that would be growing to a thousand dollars in returnable Mm. revenue, right? So um, that's just something that's a measurable thing. So if you have 500, then I get $500. If I have 2000, now it was fun for me to go back and do the math because I don't have, we're just now, and I want your listeners to hear this because this gives you, we're just now getting to a thousand people on our email list. Mm-hmm. But my returning revenue is about three to $4, if not higher for that. So do you see what I'm saying? You can totally. measure that with that. So that is a reason to build an email list because you're, and then write content for them on a regular basis, whatever regular means to you. That could be once a week. It could be once a month, but build that list. Cause it's really the only thing that you own to tell them about your second book or your new course or your content or whatever. And most authors don't love doing the email list building. They really don't. They'd rather be writing a whole book. That's where someone like Lindsay comes in or a VA to take uh, ownership of putting you out there. Cause most authors, if they're true authors, just want to put their head down and write um, and not market themselves. So give it away to someone else that loves to market. That'll be the big win for you. I love to market. So that's, I'm an odd duck in the pool of authors, to be honest. Or you can be crazy like me and and just do a daily email. There you go. Which is, I'm not recommending most people do that. Um, (laughs) I've actually found it easier to do a daily one than a weekly one because I do little bitty short things. Yes. And and that way I kind of feel like I don't, there's, I can sort of put out something of value every day. It doesn't have to be, you know, Shakespeare. It's just here's something of value. For me, that kind of takes the pressure off. I, I think that's probably not a good idea for most people because it feels like a lot of pressure. 
But whatever you do, it's like, just get it out there and make offers and start to see a return on your email list. And get in the rhythm. You know, that's what yes. I always say about writing. Just get in the rhythm of doing something, you know, and even if it's not you doing it, you're the one giving the person who's writing it for you the idea. And so getting in the rhythm of that, I think is important. Yeah. This has been so incredibly valuable. Um, I stopped taking notes about halfway through. I was going to say, we could talk forever about it. We're passionate. It's really developed as a passion for Lindsay and I too of helping people because this is the big stumbling block and roadblock for so many authors is, okay, I wrote it. Now, what do I do? And um, you don't have, you invest in the things that matter. And I would say, don't invest financially in, and I'll just say this, Kent, we've, and Lindsay, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We've hit pretty high numbers on lists on Amazon and different mm-hmm. things without spending any money on advertisement. Exactly. We've invested in relationships and, and work and, you know, having Lindsay on the team, not going out and throwing thousands of dollars at some Facebook ads mm-hmm. or some Amazon ads. We will do some next year but not as part of the launch. And we still did yeah. really well, top four, top five in some great categories. Uh, and I never expected to do that. That was just all from relationships and boxes and videos and things like that. Wow. I love this. I, I just so appreciate uh, both of you taking the time to do this episode. I've learned a ton and I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to this and <laughs> and everything to get all the stuff. I was like, I'm going to stop taking notes. I can't get all their, I can't record all their wisdom fast enough. It's not going to be legible. I try to get to this later. So I really appreciate both of you taking time to do this. Where can people learn more uh, about what you both are doing with the real life process and marketing and all the good things that you're doing? I'm going to defer to Lindsay because she's the one with all the links and bells and whistles. So (laughs) Lindsay, where are we sending them? Yes. Well, the best place to go is dowhatmattersbook.com. That's where you can learn more about Teresa's book. We also have a free download that you can get called Four Steps to Simplify Your Calendar that is going to give you a great example and taste of what the book content is about. But you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, our website, all the places. And if you go to that website, you can find the links for all of those things there. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute blast. I've learned a ton and was so thrilled, Teresa, and honored to get a box in the mail, come to your book launch event. I got to meet you in person, Lindsay, which was so much fun. So thank you both for all the value you're adding to the world and for this really great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So fun, Kent. Always love talking to you. You make it easy, friend. Well, thank you. Wasn't that a fun conversation? I learned so much from Teresa and Lindsay and from the creative way that they approached the launch for Teresa's book, Do What Matters. It's not only a really good book, they launched it in such a fun and inspiring way that really made you want to get into the whole process. You know, a lot of times we we put books out there in the world and we think the book is just going to sell itself, but it's not. And if you can put a little bit of time and energy and some creativity into your book launch, it really, really makes a big difference. I hope that you took some notes from this conversation as well and will take some of these ideas and apply them to your next book launch. And of course, I want you to for sure check out Teresa's book, Do What Matters, which you can grab at dowhatmattersbook.com. Well, a huge thanks to Teresa and Lindsay for making time out of their really busy schedule to be a guest on today's episode. And of course, my biggest thanks goes to you for listening to the show and supporting it. It really means a lot to me and I never, ever take your attention and your time 
for granted. So thanks so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.